Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to our podcast, and today our guest is Aaron Nanini, and he is a business owner and author. Um, his book is Get Ready to Come Out, Cash Uncomplicated, A Mindset to Build Wealth. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing great. Thank you much, Gary. Thanks for having me on the show. So tell us, um, tell us about yourself, how you got started, and uh, what made you start your own business? Sure. So I started, you know, in my early 20s, I really was kind of lost financially. I was that classic paycheck to paycheck story where I was spending all the money I had on restaurants going out. And at the end of the month, I really had no money. And that, that was very frustrating for me, but I didn't really take action on that. Nothing happened. And as I got into my early 30s, the same thing was happening. It was just month after month and I just wasn't getting ahead. I think I had less than $4,000 to my name. Um, as I got into my, to my mid-30s, I don't know if it was just something clicked or I started to read more books or just started to educate myself more, but it, it all started to make sense. And so I started to save a lot more money. I got out of debt, um, other than mortgage debt, and just really started to go from there. And as, as we went on, I would see people in my line of work and just friends and acquaintances who were making a lot of the same mistakes that, that I was making. And I was just almost squirming, like wanting to help but, but as you know, as you know, Gary, you don't want to just unsolicited tell people your opinion. And so I decided, you know what, I, I've always wanted to write a book. I've got a topic that I'm passionate about that I know a lot about. And so what I'm going to do is write one page a day for the next several months and see where that takes me. And by the end of it, I had enough for a book, went through the editing process and all that. And then we're, we're kind of standing here today. That's great. Um, so... You know, and, and I could probably answer this already, but um, what do you wish that you know now back then? Yeah, that, that's, that's such a great point. And that's one of the main reasons I wrote the book is to kind of, I was almost writing it for my, myself back in my 20s. And that's really that every month you have to have some sort of a financial win. Um, you know, money's not everything, but you, you have to, to have some money at the end of the month to show that you know, to kind of show that you're, you work for something and that you're getting ahead somehow. So my, my advice would really be to save something every month and to invest something every month. It doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. It could even, you can even start with 50 or hundred, start where you are and go from there. It really will get better. Right. So, um, you know, you're launching your book, um, Cash Un Uncomplicated. Um, can you, can you tell us about the book? Sure. So the, the beginning of the book is really about mindset. And the reason I wanted to start it with mindset and what I call value-based spending is that throughout my 20s and early 30s, I really had it all backwards. I didn't, I had the wrong mindset. I was thinking, you know what, I'm in this education field and I'm never going to make any money. You're not really supposed to. And so it, I kind of rationalized why I wasn't coming out on top every month. And so I began with mindset and what you value. I think too, also people people buy things that they really don't even value. And it's just like that mindless spending. And so I, I begin the book with that of the first chapter is really, what do you value? And I, I have people list out 
you know, what you value. And so for me, it's family, it's friends, it's, it's experiences. And so any of the other stuff. So if I'm buying a fancy car or trying to buy a gold watch to impress somebody, that doesn't really align with my values. And so that, that's really the first part of it. And then I get into the middle of the book with how to get out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle. Um, we talked about in the pre-interview automation, just automating your money to make your life more efficient. And then as we, as we go on, I talk about bad debt, good debt, what that looks like. And then some more strategies of how to improve your personal finances. So for somebody who's at this point in time is, is struggling financially for you know, many different reasons, um, it sounds like this may be complicated. Tell us about it. Sure. And that's why, you know, and for me, it really was complicated. And that's why I wanted to try to take some of my old frameworks and make it an uncomplicated idea. And so I took a lot of time and took a lot of notes on how to make make really complicated subject, which finances can be, especially personal finances, and how to make them a lot more simple. And for me, that was really going back to what our core values are. And if you, I think a lot of people, if they look at what their core values are, they're going to discover they've got a lot of spending that they really don't don't want to do with it. They're not even paying attention to. And, and I'll give you a little story. For example, there's a, there's a guy I used to work with who would come to work every day and he would complain about money at least once a week. But every day he'd have a coffee that he bought out. He'd have a pastry to go along with it. And I'm kind of doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, that's around eight or $9. And this guy was just always struggling. And then he, he bought a new car and he told me about the payments. And I was just I was almost like moving out of my skin of how to help this guy. And so, right. so that was such a huge piece of it of, you know, just some of those simple things. I, I think this particular person wanted to get better with his money, but he's just continued to make the same mistakes over and over again. So it's almost like he can't get out of his own way. Exactly right. And, and I think a lot of people are in that where you can't get out of your own way and you just need to take a step back and look, kind of look from that macro viewpoint of your life. Right. So you talk about mindset. How does that play into building wealth? I, I think mindset is huge. As I had mentioned earlier, my mindset in the beginning of my life and you know, in my 20s and 30s was I'm not supposed to have money. I'm not supposed to be good with it. And that created excuses. Where my mindset now is I can do this. I have to find a way to, to build wealth. I have to find a way to get out of debt. And when you, it's funny the, the way that the mind works. When you believe that you can do something, you find, you find a way to go get it. Mm -hmm. And it, I've really found that to be true. Um, you know, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I would be in this position, I would have said, there's just no way. There's no way I'd be saving this much money. There's, there's no way I'd have written a book. There's no way I'd be married to this great woman and have these great kids. But I, I put my mind to it and went out and set out and got it. So, you know, you have different excerpts in, in the book and um, some of them you talk about the little accomplishments you know, at the beginning of the day and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, in the, the, I'm drawing a blank on the gentleman's name um, that had the um, speech at graduation mm -hmm. talking about making up his bed. Yes. And yes. How does that, and, <laughs> and I know you said that you heard it a lot later on. I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah. That's one of my things. Every morning I get up, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, come back and make up my bed and then kind of start my day. Mm -hmm. um, and I heard him talk about that back then, and that kind of made me change to do that. What are some other things like that that, that have really helped inspire you and in, in what you do in your daily life when it comes to your personal finances? 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was the, the general I was talking about. And I, I think I saw that video five or six years after he, he put it out. Right. Um, so I, my, and I told my wife about it and she was like, yeah, I saw that years ago. So I was like, oh, well, it's new, new to me. But yeah, his, his thing was really just getting those little wins in the morning, as you mentioned, making your bed. And that's a great start today. And so for me with personal finances, the equivalent of making your bed is really, can you invest any sort of money? Can you invest even $5, $10? Just get the ball rolling and start, start can you open a bank account? Um, th those are really the main things. So if you're, if you're someone who thinks, you know what, I don't have the ability to invest, I'm not gonna have any money. Well, can you open a bank account? And I, th I think most people can. Can you save $10? Can you save 15? And then can you get to the 50, 100, 100 plus level? Right. So what are some simple ways uh, for somebody to, to start saving like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing is to go back to what you value because the value-based spending is really gonna allow you to eliminate some of the things that you don't spend on. So everyone has, you, you know, people talk about buying the cup of coffee and the latte and then if you just didn't buy a latte every day or a cup of coffee, you'd save $20 a week. But for some people, they really value that. And so there's, there's something in your life that you really don't value that you, could, that you can cut out. For me, it was an expensive car. Back, back in my 20s, I thought, okay, I need to kind of impress people. I'm going to buy a luxury car. So I did. And I really didn't value that. So I ended up selling it. And with the money saved, I was able to kind of propel my finances forward as well. But everyone's got that little something of maybe it's takeout. Maybe it's buying lunch every day. So can you bring your lunch three times a week, three times a week? Um, and then with that money saved, go ahead and invest the remainder. Maybe that's, maybe that's $9 a week, $10 a week. Right. So, um, you know, you talk about automation in your book also, um, and helping people save that way. What are some of the ways that, um, that you, that you think that the automation will help and something simple for somebody to do? I, I think the automation is huge because automation is really, a high leverage decision that you make one time and then you kind of revise as you go. So once you decide to automate your money, you've made that decision, you do all the hard work, you set up the bank account, you, you set up the transfers and that work is done. And so you're kind of protecting yourself from yourself where you're not gonna go back and mess with it. But you, you've done that high work, that's a really high leverage activity. And so I think once you set it up and you're intentional and you decide I'm going to automate every month, once you do it, it's done. Whereas a lot of people, I think, well, I'm going to save whatever's left over. And if I have $50, that's great. If it's 100 that's great. But they're not being intentional with it. Whereas the automation is, you did it, you're done, you're good to go, you live on the rest. So in, in, when you're saying intentional, um, example of that could be, hey, I'm going, I set up this second bank account or whatever. And from my paycheck, I automatically have withheld whatever, 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And it goes into that account. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. What are some of the other ways with uh, automation like that? Um, you know, I've read a bunch of different books, just like you on personal finance. And some of them mm -hmm. say that, you know, that savings account, you want to have it at a place that you can't get to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, I agree. I think, um, you know, create that high leverage situation where you, you make that decision to automate and then put the automation far away. So I really like automation to be like in an online bank account where you can't access it for two to three days. So if you want that money, yeah, you can get it, but it's gonna take you, it's gonna take you some time to get it. It's not just a quick, go to the ATM and grab your money. 
Right. Um, and I think the same principle holds true for whether it's real estate or if you're investing in index funds, whatever it may be, that's kind of far away and hard to get. Yeah. I think that that's a, to me, that's a great idea because you think about when people put what money away into a retirement account. So many mm -hmm. people won't touch it because, oh, I got to go fill out this form to get it from whoever type thing. And if I'm not of age, I may have to pay a penalty on it. Right. So because of that, it's, it's, it's painful. So because it's painful, exactly. I'm not willing to, to do it. So that's, I think, I think setting up that, that other bank account that takes me a little bit of time to get the money if I need it type thing is a, is a great idea. Exactly. And I would say it's painful and inconvenient. You know, no one wants to have to go through that process you described of having to go online, make the automation. And then you realize with yourself too, you know what, I'm going against what, what my goals are. This is something I wanted to do. Now I'm not doing it. And right. that, that's a very powerful force. Right. Now in, in going through, you know, the mindset and everything else in, in getting to the point where you're, you're, you're intentionally, you know, saving, do you talk about, you know, putting the bet together your budget and how you, you know, because everybody always, you know, that's taboo. I don't like that word, budget. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but, but we know that it's very important to do. How, kind of what's your methodology behind, you know, putting together the budget and, and sticking with it? Yeah, that, that's a great, great question. I, I really, I'm not a huge fan of budgets either. I think in the traditional sense, the way that I like to budget is by allocating the money that I want to allocate for that month. So for example, I know that I want to save over 50% of my income. Mm -hmm. So immediately I automate that money. So every month I'm set up to do that. And with the remaining money, I have money. I put, I'm intentional. I put money into a vacation fund. So I'll say, you know, this year I want to go on a trip to such and such, and I need about, I don't know, $4,000. So every month I'm going to put away the proper appropriate amount of money. And I'm going to have that at the end of the year. And that's money that I really do need to spend. It's money I, save for myself, for my family, and I'm going to use it. Right. Um, so that's the way that I think of budgeting. It's almost like reverse engineering it. So you, that old cliche of paying yourself first. I, I really do believe that. Pay yourself first. And then with the remaining money, guilt-free, you can live your life and you can spend on dinners and you can spend on whatever you want to buy. So do you, do you set up multiple bank accounts? I, I do. You have your bank mm -hmm. account for your vacation fund. You have your mm -hmm. things. Exactly. So yeah, I have, I have one kind of umbrella account. And then under that, I have like a general savings emergency account. I have a vacation fund. I have an investment fund. Um, I just recently started a fund for my oldest daughter. So she okay. can start to learn, to learn about investing. Um, we've got funds for taxes, for all those things. So everything has, a, has an assignment, has a place, has a bucket. So, so with looking at it to, and not to oversimplify it, but basically you know, you have your, you know, you have your paycheck and you either drop it into each one of these buckets or at the beginning of the month or whatever you have, you know, your checks get, get deposited. And from there, you're, you're automated the transfers to these other accounts. Or yep, it's just, just automatic every, every month on the first of the month. And then on the fifth of the month, I just see an email from my, from my account that says such and such money has been transferred. And I know, I know it's good to go and I can verify that. Right. So yeah, just, I don't, I don't really even have to think about it anymore. And it's, it's so great. Cause after several months, you're like, wow, I have this much now, then I have this much now. Right. And it's, I, I never would have believed this 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, it kind of, 
kind kind of goes back to old grandma's uh, envelope method for her <laughs> cash. It's like she's got each one of them laid out for what she's going to spend yep. a month. Yep. Yeah, and, and I believe in taking advice from from people who've succeeded, who've done well. And there's there's a lot of wisdom from grandparents, yeah. and in particular, like my, my grandfather grew up during the during the excuse me during the depression. He's no longer with us, but he did that he did that envelope system, and he retired pretty close to a millionaire, I think. Um, wow. I did, you know, I was 16 when he passed away. So I wasn't asking about all his money, but he was never short on money and he had his house paid off. And I think a lot of those principles still apply today. Right, that's great. Um, what, are, what are some of the ways that uh, people can manage their money better? <sighs> I really think it's, it first starts with mindset that you, this is something you wanna do. Because so many people, they create excuses for themselves of that, that they just can't do it. And so then, but, and to me, that's really, they're not wanting to do it. And so once you decide you want to do it, that's where you can start a goal and start your action plan. So to me, that's the first step. But then I think you can get into the automation and looking at how to pay off debt and some of those strategies. But really, it just, it, it just starts with your mind. Right. What, um, what are some of the mistakes that you're seeing people make? as they're going through the process? Yeah, I think a lot of people state what their goals are, but then their actions don't align with those goals. Mm -hmm. And so for, so for example, I'll hear people say, you know, I wanna put my, my kid through college because I had student loan debts and I want them to, to not go through that pain. And their kid's 10 or 11 years old and they have no money in there, yet they're going on a vacation that costs $8,000. They're, they're buying lunch every month, or excuse me, every day. And it just doesn't align. And I think if you're, if you really want to get intentional about putting money in your, your kid's college fund or creating any, any kind of fund like that, you really have to start by billing yourself first or by automatically deducting that money the first of the month. And that, that's how you get intentional. Is your plan, I mean, because you have the website uh, set up and, and you know, have many good articles on there, um, is your plan to, to get into uh, coaching people, um, groups of people? you know, with this or what's your plan? You know, you know that's, a, that's a great question. I, I've thought about that a lot. My, my plan originally was just to, to write a book. And I, I was really under the mistaken impression that if I wrote my book, you know, kind of that old adage, if you build it, they will come. Right. And, and I, I realized, you know what, I'm going to have to sell this book and people are going to have to, to be willing to spend their hard earned money to, to purchase this book. So after that, I just, I learned, okay, now I need to have a website to support that. And I need to do some other things. So really the book was the first thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess I didn't think ahead too much of how I'm going to sell the book. I really just wanted to write the book and to help people. And also for, for my kids to read it when they're a little bit older. Sure. Um, and so as far as, you know, what's next in the form of coaching or not, I'm really right now, I'm, I'm trying to focus on, on the book and on the website, putting out really great content, sending people on my list, really great emails, answer any kind of questions from the website. People can reach out to me anytime. And then from there, that might turn into coaching. But right now, I'm just, I'm trying to focus on a couple of things at one, you know, at one time so that I can do those things well. Gotcha. So for the people that are struggling right now, obviously with COVID and everything else, people, people mm -hmm. are struggling financially and they were before this mm -hmm. um, and that are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Um, what's one idea that you can, you know, give them to help them break the cycle? Yeah, I think the pay, it's, there's a lot of variables there because I think with the pandemic, there, there are people who lost their jobs. And so I think at that point, 
you're really just trying to tread water and maintain. But for people who have been able to maintain their employment and nothing's changed in that sense, I, I would say my biggest piece of advice to move forward is really start aligning your values with your actions. So th think about what your financial goals are. Do you, do you want to retire early? Do you want to send your kids to college? Do you want to have your cars paid off? Do you want to pay your home off? Pick the number one thing and then formulate a plan to achieve that number one thing. In going through, you know, what I've, what I've read, you know, so far, I mean, to me, it seems to be very much in layman's terms, which I, I certainly appreciate mm -hmm. um, because there are too many times that, that finance books that I've read have been so much theory and talking about these, you know, big methodologies and things like that, but you know, you're not understanding what it is. And by the time you get to the next sentence, you're like, well, wait a second, well, what did that say? Yeah. Um, you know, so talk, talk to us a little bit about, you know, just the, the reason why the personal finance, you know, for you is, I'm going to say is simple because of you writing this book. Mm -hmm. No, I really appreciate you saying that, Gary, because that's what that's the reason I wanted to write the book is to make it as simple as possible. And, and the reason for that is I, I struggled so much with finances. And I think a lot of it was all these, you know, all these financial ideas seem so complex to me. And so I just got to give up. And I thought, you know what, if I'm talking to my 25 year old self, 24 year old self, how can I put it in terms where I can understand that? Or how can I put it in terms where my daughters in a couple of years can understand that? And so I, I tried to take some complex ideas and just simplify them as much as I could. So I would take a complex idea like investing and then simplify, okay, so if you wanna invest, what do you need to do first? Well, the first thing is you need to decide you wanna invest. So that's goal one. The second thing is you need to open a bank account. The, the third thing is decide how much money you're going to put in it. So it's just all just, all just steps. I'm really big in, I, I'm not sure, have you read The Compound Effect? I have not. It's a really great book. Um, and in that book, the author Darren Hardy really talks about just taking those small little steps every day and that your life will become, become unrecognizable a year, two years from now if you do those steps every day. He talks a lot about like weight loss and just other things too, but finance is a, bit, is a big part of the book as well. And so it's just those daily actions you can take that lead to, to really big things. And, you know, a year from now, you're not going to recognize the person you were a year ago. Right. And talking about that, um, you know, you talk about that, you know, not only did you write, you know, write this book, but you also use these methods yourself and mm -hmm. how you went from, you know, uh, being, you know, living paycheck to paycheck to within five years, you weren't doing that anymore and so forth. Uh, what, what was your first step that you actually took at that point? Yeah, I, I was trying to, as I wrote the book, I tried to think back of, of what that was. And that, that was kind of hard to, to remember. But I think where I finally hit my wits end was I overdrafted my checking account for, you know, the 20th time in the past year. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I had, I was in my kind of mid, low to mid thirties. And I said, you know, I'm almost 35 years old. I, I need to, I need to fix this. And so I think that was the biggest thing. So the first actionable step I took was I went to an old fashioned bookstore and just started reading a book. And that led to more books and more books and then to podcasts and to, to blogs and websites. And so it just, it was taking that first step that led me to a lot of other great things. Right. Now in, in your first steps, was any of it okay, you know, let's go back and take a look at where you're actually doing your spending? Yeah, that, that was a huge piece because everything I, I wrote about in the book is stuff that I've done. I didn't, I didn't want to 
put a bunch of theory out there that I haven't done. So I, everything in the book is kind of true and tried and tested. So I really look back, I, I mentioned that car that I purchased mm -hmm. and I realized, you know, I, I, this car is just kind of stressing me out every time, every time it breaks, it's costing me a thousand dollars. Um, so I decided to sell the car. I got a more reliable car that was much less expensive to fix. I actually still have that car now. And so that, that was one of the first steps. And then I looked at where am I, where am I spending my money? I realized I was spending too much money going out on the weekends. And so I kind of cut that down to, you know, on averages two times a week or so going out. So I cut that down to one and just that alone was, was a big step for me. And then as you go, you start to learn more and you, you get your values more in check. So it's just, it's just getting that start. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just self-awareness and, you know, like you said, no, no, knowing kind of where you're spending mm -hmm. stuff like that and then realizing it's like, wow, I'm spending that much. Um, yeah. You know, you, you talk about the overdraft fees. I mean, literally two, you know, on Friday, <laughs> I had a conversation with a business owner that they had no idea how much they were spending in overdraft fees. And it's as simple as they had two bank accounts at the same bank and every time you know they had automated stuff set up but uh -huh. they had the money in the wrong account yeah and yeah. it's just a matter of making sure you know paying attention and, and making sure that those transfers happen exactly um, or, or finding finding a bank that would allow you to hey if like you don't have the money in this account to have it in this one and it automatically transfers yeah yeah what was your was your client surprised by that oh they were shocked yeah i mean yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it's a four digit number that, that they yep. paid in, in fees and it mm -hmm. was just like, they had no clue. Um, yeah. and you know, it's just like, yeah. it, I, I was shocked, you know, when I saw it and you know, <laughs> doing their stuff at year end. Um, but yeah. when I told them about it, they had no idea. Right. Right. It's even more shocking. Yeah. And I think so. So for so many people, it's okay. I spent $4 on overdraft, big deal. But if you, if you told someone, okay, over the course of two years, you're going to spend seventeen hundred dollars in overdraft fees. Oh, yeah. They would, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, and that—that's the way it is for so many things, like going out to eat when you're, when you're just kind of not feeling like cooking. And there's just so many areas of life where, over the course of years, it's just this huge difference. So um, you talk about you know uh, simplifying things. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the stuff that that you know that you talked about in there about simplifying has to do with you know, credit cards and, and uh, mortgages and other accounts and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, my personal philosophy with credit cards is if, if you're the type of person who's going to pay it off in full every month, you know, I'm, I'm fine getting a credit card. I, I've got one myself, but I, I don't like people who get seven and eight credit cards where they're, they're kind of messing around with balance transfers and they're trying to get all the, the mileage and the rewards. I think there's a place for that if you're really good at that, but for in general, that's just, it's too complicated. It's really hard to track and you kind of get lost. So for me, either have no credit card if you're not able to manage it, but if you are, just get one, make it simple, have one bill, have all your items in one area and, and go from there. Right. I think, I think we just get so caught up sometimes in the next shiny object. So we see this card that's going to offer this great balance for transfer that has all these miles or cash back. I got to get it, got to get it, got to get it. And it just complicates your life. Right. So what, what have I not asked you uh, that you would like to share with, with our listeners? You know, you, you've asked some great questions and I think we've covered the majority. I, I think I would just kind of, kind of piggyback on some of the points that you and I made earlier about that mindset of that everyone can be good with money. You just have to make that choice 
that you're going to, to change your personal finances around. And anyone can do it. I, I started with, with almost nothing, um, went through my entire 20s, made tons of financial mistakes into my early 30s, and I was able to recover from that. It was just kind of a matter of making that choice. So, you know, my advice is really just to get your mind right. So tell our listeners, um, you know, how they can get a hold of your book and uh, get on your website and, and reach out to you if, if they have questions. Yeah, the, the best place to reach out is cashuncomplicated.com. And from there, you can buy my book. Um, I've also got an area where you can email me directly. I, I love to hear from people. I love to hear your successes, questions that you have. So please feel free to reach out to me. I definitely love getting those emails. And then you can buy the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any major bookstore. And it comes out on February 16th. All right. Aaron, I really appreciate your time today. A lot of, lot of uh, good wisdom that you have there for our listeners. Yeah, thank you so much, Gary. Def definitely appreciate it. Okay, thanks. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.